Remain standing for the gospel lesson, which is taken from Luke's gospel, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. This, of course, is the call of Mary, the announcement from the angel, and it is God's word. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The word of the Lord. Before I begin, I realize I should have said a couple of more things during the announcements. One is we do deliver the gifts uh, for Angel Tree uh, this week. And um, if you have the gifts, place them out in the narthex. Uh, if you are interested in helping to deliver, there are not that many, but there are, are some that we need. Uh, please see me uh, afterwards. Uh, if I don't get a response, I'll call on some of you. Secondly, I failed to mention that Art Rifflard uh, is in St. Luke's Hospital. And uh, I, I'm, uh, he told me at least he thought he was getting out Monday. Is that still hold? Uh, as, not sure. Uh, he was taken uh, Friday night. He, he was, uh, uh, um, so you might uh, uh, certainly remember him in your prayers. And uh, James Phillips also was in the hospital uh, la yesterday. Uh, I think he is home. In fact, I'm confident he's home. But you re might remember them in your prayers as well. Each year... I seem to gravitate to a particular Christmas carol as my kind of carol for the Christmas season. Uh, many of the carols I notice that I am attracted to are arranged, at least in recent times, by John Rutter. I don't know whether you know him or not, but he is worth knowing his music. This year I'm listening to Jesus Christ the Apple Tree every chance I get. And it will be sung Christmas Eve. Now that might seem like a strange title, but it's quite biblical. 
Jesus Christ the apple tree. Last year it was the donkey carol. And uh, before that, uh, present, uh, if I say it properly, hodier, which means something I believe like um, sing out loud now. And uh, before that, other carols. You get the idea. Now, there are carols about everyone in the manger scene, a plethora of carols. These carols uh, pay uh, attention to these creatures, sometimes not always human, who pay homage uh, to the newborn babe. These carols are sometimes uh, have angels as the subject. Sometimes they're carols about the shepherds, sometimes about the wise men. And there are carols sung about the animals, the donkey. Uh, there are carols about the seasons of the year. It came upon a midnight clear. I guess that's the weather conditions. So there are carols about carols, as you may well know. Uh, most uh, Christmas carols, though, are about Jesus himself and his birth. We would uh, not sing about the donkey or the shepherds if it was not for Jesus. The number of carols, though, about Mary, the mother of Jesus, has an honored place. Maybe there are more Christmas carols about Mary than any other subject except, of course, for Jesus. And today, I want to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Scripture, Scripture has much to say about Mary. More than most Protestants think, and less than most Roman Catholics think. But we should pay attention to what the Scriptures teach about Mary. It's also true that what the Scripture says about Mary, we can deduce theological understandings about the nature of the Incarnation, about Jesus himself, and yes, even about Mary. The Westminster Confession of Faith says that it is proper, uh, good and proper, uh, to deduce certain theological understandings from the data in the Scripture. And sometimes I think we have not done that sufficiently. Now, it's one thing to speculate. It's another thing to draw a good inference from Scripture. And so today I do want to look at Mary. Now, I preach about Mary, uh, at least for the last number of years, every time this year, at, at this point in the year. I preach one sermon about Mary. I didn't pay any attention to Mary up until maybe about 10 years ago. It wasn't on my radar, maybe 15 years ago. Now, I read the stories just like you did. You read about her in Matthew, and you read about her in Luke. There are other places in the Scriptures, too, that you read about her, but those are the two main birth narratives. And much is said about her. And she is commended. 
and she is commended to be honored. Mary is a chosen vessel and was a chosen vessel of the Lord. She holds a distinction that is unimaginable. Can you imagine being Mary? A mother and servant of God. And there is no question that the scriptures commend her as an example to be followed in terms of motherhood and also of servanthood. So in this sermon today, I want you to see that. See Mary as a model that we as Christians would be wise to emulate, not only in parenting, but also with respect to her willingness to serve the Lord. Six months after Elizabeth, her cousin became pregnant with John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel appeared unto Mary in Nazareth of Galilee. And at the time, Mary was clearly a virgin and she was engaged to be married to Joseph. Most biblical scholars judge Mary to be in her late teens and maybe Joseph around 30 years of age. Now I want you to notice the angel's announcement to her. The angel Gabriel comes to her and he announces to her that she is highly favored. Highly favored by whom? Highly favored by God. And he goes on to say, and that the Lord is with you. Gabriel's visit obviously troubled Mary. Wouldn't you be troubled? You might be so troubled with astonishment alone that you couldn't determine whether you were dreaming or in your right mind. But Gabriel's visit to Mary troubled her, and obviously she had grown afraid by this. This was, let's say, for instance, highly unusual. In fact, it is clear that it's a miracle. She was afraid, and so Gabriel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And he goes on to say, You will be with child, and you will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Does that mean that the mother gets the name the children? I don't know. Would you draw that inference? I've had some men tell me that it's their privilege to name all the children in the family, but Jesus was named by his mother. He will be great and called the son of the most high. Now notice what it goes on to say. She was a Bible student. She understood the prophets. She went to synagogue. She knew what the scripture said. I suspect that she was very faithful to attend the synagogue and to hear the scriptures read. And she heard conversations and commentary on the scriptures. And he goes on to say, he will be given the throne of David. And he will reign forever. And of course, she is in her astonishment 
now puzzled even more. How in the world will this be, my interpolation? How will this be? That's a great question. Sometimes when we are called to do a service, we, we wonder, how in the world can we do it? Moses was that way. He may have had a stammering problem. And how can I speak to Pharaoh? Of course, God gave him his brother. He was quite articulate to speak for him. Other prophets in their call wondered how they would be able to carry out their ministry. And we would find in the same call that God would go with them. That's the primary way. But he will give them what they need at the time. Mary says, how will this be? Now, her, her objection is that I'm a virgin. I have not known a man. How can you say this? And the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And what does Mary do? And here, I think, is the crux for us. Not all of us can be mothers, but all of us can be servants. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Now, what do you make of this? Much has been made of this and then the song of Mary that comes later. Much has been made. And I think rightly so, because I want you to notice how much space the scripture gives to Mary. And how much space it gives to John the Baptist. And to go year after year and never hear a sermon about Mary or about John the Baptist preparing the way seems to me that we have not kept the proportionality of the scriptures. Mary. A great example for us. Now, this indeed is a, a unique event. There is nothing like it. This, of course, has become fodder for the scoffer and for the mocker. I can remember the song group Peter, Paul, and Mary. I think some of you uh, may know who Peter, Paul, and Mary are. If you do, that tells me something about you. <laughs> Peter Yarrow used to introduce himself by saying, I am not St. Peter. And Paul Stuckey used to introduce himself by saying, I'm not St. Paul. And Mary Travis, of course, introduced herself by saying, I ain't no virgin. Yes, this has become fodder for scoffing and mocking. No question. I could quote reams of stuff that the, the comedians have come forth with or wits making fun of the Virgin Mary. And I suppose from the human standpoint, they, they have a point. This just doesn't happen. Because you see, this is a miracle. One of the things you should notice is that Christianity is based upon the miraculous. Make no mistake about it. It's amazing to me that it is the world's greatest religion by far. Because it is so vulnerable at certain key points to ridicule. Because not only was the conception of Jesus a miracle, his birth was. 
that people would come from far and wide. The shepherds came from the fields and the wise men came from the east, how far they traveled. It was miraculous that he even survived Herod's rage. His whole life was a miracle in the temple as a young man about the age when he would be bar mitzvah. He is teaching the rabbis. And I suspect that Mary participated in his education. Furthermore, the central event in Christianity, the resurrection, is a miracle. And it testifies to the fact that when he died on the cross, it's a saving event. His ascension into heaven is a miracle. Now, you would not believe those things, I think, unless God opened your eyes to see and behold those things. Moreover, I'm convinced that Christians do experience the living God, and by so experiencing the living God, it's pretty hard to move us off that conviction that we have experienced God, isn't it? No matter what the world says or how much they ridicule. Self-knowledge of who God is in Jesus Christ is the witness and testimony of the Holy Spirit. One of the mockers of Christianity just passed away this week. Christopher Hitchens. Lots of, lots of material about him in his obituaries. I even used one of his books in teaching students. Oh, yes. Your faith can be mocked. Mary could be mocked and ridiculed. She stands as a model of submitting herself to the Lord and identifying herself with the Lord when she knew that she was going to be ridiculed in life, and she was. Thank God for Joseph, who was not willing to expose her to any more ridicule than she would have. You know, he was a good man and a compassionate man. There is a great lesson in the life of Joseph, he lived up to his namesake. Joseph of Egyptian fame. Mary, she responds by saying, be so it unto me. She was chosen as his mother to be his mother. God could have chosen another, possibly? I don't know. That's a theological discussion. It used to be debated in the Middle Ages whether Jesus could have been incarnate in anything but a man. And of course, I believe I do know the answer to that. No, he could only have been a man because he had to represent you and me. But the question about Mary is, could it have been another woman? I, I possibly think so, but it was Mary that was chosen. And in God's plan, it had to be her because that's God's decision. And he chose her 
And she freely responded, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now think about what that means to be the mother of Jesus. I want you just simply to follow this line of thought for a moment. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Think what that means in this respect. She furnished his human nature. His DNA was Mary's DNA. Fully human. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her blood type flowed in his veins. The amino acids that knit him together in the womb came from her DNA. It's an amazing, amazing biological process. When the early church began to think on this, lots of things began to be discussed. Some of them right, some of them wrong. So they met in a great council in 431 at the Council of Ephesus. What does it mean to Mary to be the mother of Jesus? Could we call him, by inference, the mother of God? Theotokos was the word. Can we use that word? Now, we don't use it in our tradition, but can we use it? And I think yes. The Westminster Confession says what you attribute to one, nation, uh, one nature, you can attribute to the whole person. So what is true of one nation, nature is attributable to the whole person. And since Mary gave birth to the whole person, though she did not furnish his divinity, that was the Holy Spirit, you can say theotokos. Mary is the mother of God. Now, I think if, if, if Christians would have stopped right there and unpacked that and not added to it, they would have been better off. But as you well know, during the Middle Ages, the cult of Mary grew. And many things were added to her in understandings that certainly are not in the Bible. She's not the queen of heaven. She's not a co-redemptionist. It's difficult to infer any of this from the scriptures. These are not, in my opinion, good and necessary inferences. You don't have to draw the inference at all that she was immaculately conceived, that is, without sin. And I think this is clear that she was not, for she even calls Jesus her Savior in this text. Did you notice that? Or that she was bodily assumed into heaven. There's no indication of that in the scriptures. But let me say, while I say that, I think many of us have not made enough of her. She had a favored role. Did you notice at least twice in the text, it says that she's highly favored, full of grace. If you read the entire chapter, you see much about Mary. And the great example is for us to follow her as a servant. What a wonderful privilege it was to bear the Son of God. And surely she has joined that great crowd of witnesses in heaven. 
and she looks down upon us at this hour. She is a servant model. Notice what she did. She obeyed the Word of God. I think this is fundamental to being a disciple of Christ. To be willing to obey the Word of God, the Scriptures. Not only are the Scriptures able to make us wise unto salvation, but they speak to us and they direct us in our lives. We in our tradition confess that the Scriptures are wholly sufficient for all understanding of the Christian life. All that we are to believe and all that we are to do can be seen clearly in the Scriptures or deduced from them. She was open to the leading and voice of God. I don't know what discipleship means if it doesn't include that. For Jesus commands us, what? To take up our cross daily and follow him. To deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. The scriptures command us to do certain things. Scriptural authority is important and Mary took it seriously. And that's the starting point for her getting over her fright to listen to the angel. In this case, the voice of God. She was a willing servant. She knew that it was going to cost her something initially, at least ridicule, but she had no idea what it would cost her as the Lord led her through life. She devoted her time to her son and her energy and her money. I forget how much it says that a child costs today. I heard a quarter of a million dollars. That would frighten anyone, wouldn't it? Throughout their life. But what she did not bargain for came true. Her heart was pierced. And she grieved. And she had sorrow over her son. Even at those times, she remained a model. She was there at the cross. She was a member of the Church of Jerusalem. Don't forget that. She was a model when it came to identifying herself with the body of Christ. What a wonderful model. I would commend Mary to you. For you that are mothers and for all of us that profess to be servants. When we first built this church, it's modest, as you know, but it's, it's nice. I like the sanctuary. If I were to tell you how much we built it for, you might be shocked. We couldn't replace it today for that. But uh, when it was first built, we had an open house and someone came upstairs and we were looking around and seeing it. And I was giving a little tour and, and uh, one person kind of clapped their hands together and said, oh, great. The pews are the color of the Virgin Mary. Blue. Now, that was new to me. But I guess I've known it for a while now. Since that, I never forgot that. So her color is represented here with this blue. That's, that's... Uh, man-made, but it's fine. I have no criticism. 
someone associating the color blue with Mary. What's blue? True blue? Faithfulness? All those things? I will say this, what is more important? She belonged to the church of Jerusalem, but now she has been gathered up in the presence even of her son. And she beholds us from heaven. And I must say she has joined that cloud of witnesses that's mentioned in the book of Hebrews. And I would like to think that as she looks down upon us, that we too might use her as a model for our lives of devotion, obedience, service, and faithfulness. Yes, let us sing to the Virgin Mary. She did a great thing. God through her did a great thing. But she said to the Lord finally those words we all need to say. So be it unto your servant as you have willed, O Lord. Praise be to God. Let us remember Mary.